person just arrived at the stop sign. So this person didn't stop. They just slowed down at the sign and speed up right behind me and slam their horn. And I just pulled over just to get away with the person. But the person actually stopped and rolled their window down and threw obscenities at me. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bosni. And I'm Taryn G. And we're super excited to have you drive with us as our drivers take us on some adventurous drives around the world. Our driver today is Vanessa Gordon, and she is the last driver for season five. But before we meet Vanessa, we have a few updates for you on the future of the show and what has been going on in our life. For those of you that have been listening to our podcast for a while, you may know that the two of us work full time in addition to producing this podcast, and I still have my three hour round trip commute. Luckily, she does not, but it has been extremely difficult on our mental and physical health while we've been trying to put this podcast out there, like all the content that goes with it for YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all the extra stuff that goes into putting this podcast together. We don't often share the behind the scenes and what all goes into making this podcast happen, but it is a lot of work and we don't want to put out subpar content. So we decided to end season five here with 14 drivers and take a little break so we can gather ourselves and prep for the next season. The two of us have actually been talking about this for a little while now, especially since this takes up a lot of our free time and all of our weekend time sometimes. And we feel that it's best that we shorten the number of episodes in each of our season from 15 to around 10, just so that we can have more time to create the episodes and the podcast content and create great content yes and have time to find more professional drivers in addition to our everyday drivers to change up the content a little bit and provide a little bit more variety let us know your thoughts on this and what all you would like from the show like what do you like about this show are there certain stories you like hearing do you like how long the episodes are would you prefer shorter episodes And are there any other topics or types of guests that you would like us to bring on? We've linked a feedback form in the show notes below, or you can go to our website at drivewithuspodcast.com and send us your feedback there and let us know your thoughts. We're also giving out some DWAP merch for those that provided us with their feedback. We are open to all your suggestions and comments and can't wait to hear what you have to say. And we are truly grateful for all of you that have chosen to listen and continue to support us. Thank you for sticking by our sides as we continue to learn and grow in the podcasting space, because without you, we would not have made it this far. So thank you from the both of us. With that being said, before we get into Vanessa's stories, we do have one final little note to add. We are starting to line up guests for season six. So if you are interested in coming on the show, or if you know someone who would be a perfect fit for the show, fill out our interest form that's linked in the show notes below, or just send us a message on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And we look forward to talking to more drivers. And now, without further ado, let's meet today's driver, Vanessa Gordon from New York. Vanessa Gordon is a CEO and publisher of East End Taste Magazine, a digital sustainable travel and food publication based in the Hamptons and the founder and host of the Hamptons Interactive Brunch. She lives in Sag Harbor with her husband and two children. Here's Vanessa. Welcome, Vanessa, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're super excited to hear your crazy stories, but before we 
I almost want to say drive. Before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about you as a driver. How would you describe yourself and what is your relationship with driving? I've been driving for well over, my goodness, about 17 or 18 years now. And I've had a pretty smooth sailing experience. But of course, driving in other countries that I can't wait to get into my experience driving in Ireland has always been quite interesting to say the least. I've been very, very lucky. I've never been in a car accident, never got a parking ticket. So I'm squeaky clean, which I'm quite proud of. I'm very, very safe driver. I don't text and drive and such. That's awesome that you haven't had any tickets. Like, good for you. Keep that going. Yeah. Well, let's dive into your craziest driving experiences. What would you say is one of your craziest? There's a very tricky place that people are not too familiar with out here where there's a yield sign and a stop sign. But what people don't realize, so the stop sign is on the straight road and the yield sign comes in a diagonal. I was turning from a main road. The person had not approached the stop sign yet. But then when I curve in, I'm into the yield. So the person with the stop sign has to actually yield to me because they hadn't proceeded. The person just arrived at the stop sign. So this person didn't stop. They just slowed down at the sign and speed up right behind me and slam their horn. And I just pulled over just to get away with the person. But the person actually stopped and rolled their window down and threw some obscenities at me and said something along the lines of, you cut me off. And I I corrected them. I said, no, you were at a stop sign. You had not gotten to the stop sign when I was already in the yield section. And I'm thinking to myself, if you had been at the stop sign already and went to proceed, then yes, I would yield to you. But because you were approaching the stop sign when I was already in the curve within the yield section, that person had to therefore abide by the stop sign. I can see how that's confusing having that. Yeah. I've also seen roads yeah. where you're driving on the main road and then the stop sign is somehow accidentally turned a little. So it's like, wait, is that yes. for me or is that for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. And then out here, too, you see a lot of roads where there's only one, there's a four-way intersection, one does not have a stop sign, and then three have the stop sign. And people are wondering, why is this person just going? And it's like, no, because well, you have to stop, you have to stop, and the person, the opposite side has to stop, but then that one lane does not have to stop. And I think it's because it's a school zone, and they have to keep the traffic moving on one side, and the school's on this side where the stop sign is. That's the only thing I can think of as to the reason, but they should. the town should look into just keeping it as a four-way stop. Another thing out here, too, is they redo the roads semi-often, and all of a sudden they'll remove a stop sign on like a, a main stretch of road near a farm stand or something, and then there's people that in their mind remember the stop sign so they still stop and you'll get someone behind them and just slamming their their fist on the horn so it's, it can be tricky oh well yeah that could really mess with someone i've seen stop signs where like you were describing where one side doesn't have a stop the right. other side typically says underneath like oncoming traffic doesn't stop as like a warning so you have that sign yes. there to let you know like that side's not gonna stop but i don't know it probably could be the way that the road is itself like maybe it's going downhill or something and they're like oh this side can keep going or maybe the way it yeah. turns i don't know yeah. i have no idea what the reason is but yeah it can be confusing right and one of the main reasons why i always mind space in front of me right down the road from where my uncle lives in canton connecticut there was a deadly car accident at a four-way intersection and what had happened was there's a very very steep road at this intersection right around like farmington one of those main roads in the back end in connecticut near hartford and a truck lost its brakes 
and barreled down into dozens of people. About 15 people were killed because they could not move out of the way in time. That must be really hard to come by people keeping their distance. Like, get in where you can fit in. It is. Oh, gosh, yes. What would you say is your third craziest driving experience? California. But that traffic is real. It was so funny. When I went there, I had to go there for an expo in early to mid-2019. And I'll never forget. I said, oh, how bad could the traffic be? Six lanes? There's no way. It's three hours. Unlikely. So you get into the LA area to get over to Anaheim. You're sitting there. And I'm looking around. There's six lanes of highway. Where is everyone going? And it wasn't even rush hour. It was about perhaps at about 11, 1130 in the morning. And I'm looking around going, where is everyone going? Who are all these people? So that was quite a wake-up call, seeing firsthand all of the traffic that truly does exist outside of Los Angeles. And as far as the people that drive there, they're certainly not New Yorkers. They're not people from Massachusetts or New Jersey. So they're not aggressive. In fact, they're very, it seemed very laid back. At least the people that were in the vehicle with me, they didn't seem to care. But then what was happening is why I started driving. I actually wasn't supposed to be driving. The individual I was driving with decided to start doing her makeup in the car and other activities that I felt truly unsafe. And I, it's very rare that I would actually step in and say, you know, let me drive the vehicle. So I stepped in and drove it for the rest of it. It was supposed to, again, we were about technically a half hour away. But it took almost two hours to get to our destination. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, typical laid back. Yeah, not, oh, not, I could do it. She's I'm like, oh, my God. And then she was telling me, of course, all about her multiple car accidents and the last vehicle she totaled in the last two months. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to take the wheel. And then we she pulled over and I I drove. Yeah, the fact that she was adding that in there while not paying attention. Yeah, she was actually telling while she was doing her, you know, I was just in that car accident. Oh. <laughs> I think I'll walk. I think I'll walk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to vehicle with that person again. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just easier if you're just driving yourself. So you did touch on this a little bit earlier. How would you describe different types of drivers in the different places you've been? Here where I live on the eastern end of Long Island. So the busy season is between late May and early September. It could get quite nuts out here. So for instance, a road that's maybe no more than 10 miles could take about an hour and a half just to drive that span. And I've seen everything from people cutting people off on the on the right, which is illegal, running stop signs, the parking lots. It's actually very unusual if you don't see someone arguing with one of the parking attendants. So it could get really, really nuts out here. It's almost like going to Quantico training out in the Midwest where you have to kind of dodge different cars. But one of the biggest things is really there's no way to avoid the traffic per se, even on the back roads. There's a lot of wildlife that a lot of people aren't aware of their pattern. So for instance, deer, there's like hundreds of accidents that involve deer on a yearly basis. And the thing that people don't know about living on Long Island is deer travel in packs, usually at least more than two. And sometimes up to 12 deer at a time will cross the road. So what happens is people will see one deer jet out into the road and then they'll speed up, but then they don't realize there's six more behind them. And that's when the accident happens. It's truly never a dull moment out here. That's crazy. I didn't realize that there were so many deer in Long Island. When you think New York, you're like, oh yeah, the city, like there's not that many wildlife, but that's crazy that you guys have that many deer. Like we have a deer problem here in Maryland, so I can mm -hmm. totally understand that. Yes. I can relate. I've had two deer accidents unintentionally. They just pop out of nowhere. But yeah, you're right. You want to watch do. out for, if you see one, you just want to wait and see if there's any more coming. That's a good point. That's it. Some people honk their horn a lot of times, like, go, go. And, I'm, and I, I would love to just yell out the window and say, there's probably more. Sure enough, 
there they go. And out here where I live on the eastern end of Long Island, we get all the city traffic. We get a lot of people that are not regular drivers. People are not familiar with the rules. Another thing that they just started out here were roundabouts. It's really incredible to see the amount of individuals, young or old, that do not how to drive in a circle. So you'll be coming up to the circle, then someone that's in the circle will stop and let you in. And I'm going, go, you're in, go, go. And then you come up to it, and then the person to the left of you waits for you to go. And it's like, no, you go. <laughs> that's so backwards. <laughs> it's tricky. Speaking of that, in Ireland, we're, I was driving on the opposite side of the road, entering a traffic circle. You're completely messed up at that point. It was extraordinarily terrifying to say this, because I was driving along the wild Atlantic Way. So not only was I on the other side of the road, Sydney on the other side within the vehicle, you have sheep that run out into the road and other wildlife. And the sheep will just sit there and take their grand old time. You can't really move them and you'll be sitting there for quite a while. But what's so funny are the people that live in Ireland truly are so kind and complete polar opposite of the people in New York. So instead of doing brood things New Yorkers do. They were pretty polite. I'll never forget I entered one of the circles and went the wrong way. And instead they just they just kind of like gently tooted their horns and they're like, just move over. Don't worry about it. And I yelled at the window, I'm so sorry, I'm your typical American. And they were fine. That was the nicest relief there was that they were so laid back. Yeah, I can imagine how terrifying it would be. Like you're finally getting a handle of being on the opposite side of the road. You don't want to do any of this crazy maneuvers of like, let me go around people, let me switch lanes. No, let me just go straight. When you went to Ireland, did you notice any distinct differences in driving laws or anything that stood out that was different? Yes, it didn't matter if there was a police car around or not to catch someone speeding. They actually had monitors on the road. And what would happen is you would get a ticket in the mail later on and they would have random checkpoints that were at the time handled Black and Bear work virtually. So they would see, oh, this person was speeding at this time. Here's your picture of your license plate. So they, there was monitors along the, mainly on the, along the main highways. And I thought to myself, gosh, how smart is that? I mean, why don't they just do that here in the U.S.? That would save a ton of money and effort and expense. It's like, you can't argue this. You were speeding. We caught you. We have your license plate done. Pay the fine. Oh, so I wonder, does that, that nobody really sped in Ireland? Uh, people did speed. Maybe they would catch on to find out where the actual markers were. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, first off, driving in another country, then driving on the other side. And then driving on a road like the Wild Atlantic Way. I was like, this is going to be our first time. Let's pick the crazy road. Oh, God. It was, it was my first. Besides driving in the Caribbean, I was driving in Antigua. But that's nothing. That, that was nothing. That is so easy. There's no stops. There's there's no traffic. You're just driving along a road. You're on the op opposite side of the road. But it didn't matter. There's the only thing you had to look out for there are speed bumps. But in Ireland, never, never again. I will never drive there again. Of the places that you have driven around the world, what would you say is your favorite spot and which spot is your least favorite spot to drive oh well I ireland's definitely my least favorite i haven't drove driven in the uk though i've spent a lot of time there i would love to drive there i drove in rome interestingly well i should say road i drove up towards florence but then west over to siena the one thing though that i will say this so that was a, it was a very beautiful experience However, I get severe motion sickness and car sickness. I, at this point, was not driving. I was the passenger, but I, I drove us to the main area. But then when the road started to get really windy, I was starting to get tired. So I, I actually should have kept driving, honestly, because I've never gotten sick with me driving. And I was the passenger in the back. They actually 
had to pull the car over. I was so dizzy. I had to sit on the side of the road for who knows how long. That was rough. But what was so interesting is I did not expect the roads in Italy, or at least in Tuscany, to be so windy and so truly unbearable. They're ones that I really don't look forward to being on, despite how beautiful the area is. Yeah, I can understand that. I get a little bit of motion sickness. So if you're driving, you feel a whole lot better. But sitting in the back, that must have been rough. It was. It was no joke. That was not fun. And it was so sad because the view were truly stunning but never again no way i wonder is there something you can do to help your emotion sickness or is that just something that you have yes. to deal with <laughs> that's a good question technically i could have taken dramamine which probably would have helped significantly but of course yeah um and nobody nobody told me yeah that makes sense i've heard about that but now i know but now yeah I, know. I guess it's just easier if you're just driving yourself what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve of when you are driving Honestly, when you look over on the highway and you're a passenger and you see so many people texting and driving, I've seen people with both of their hands on their phone. And also when people are on their phones at traffic lights, it's always very, very irritating because you just know that there's a specific reason as to why they're not moving. And I'm, I'm not one to honestly beat my horn immediately when it's a green light. I usually give about a two to three second grace period. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not someone who beats my horn that quickly either, but it's like, I know what you are doing. Pay attention to driving. Yeah. You're driving right now. Like your phone can wait. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. That's like a, that's such a scary thing to see. You're driving and the person next to you is like totally not paying attention. Right. It's like, I'm just going to slow down a little bit. That's it. That's it, certainly. We unfortunately have a lot of instances of driving while intoxicated out here, especially really late at night on Friday and Saturday nights. So I avoid driving late at night because really that's when a lot of people that are perhaps could be intoxicated while driving are out. Another thing out here is people have motorcycles and they tend to speed. Not saying that I'm not cautious of people on a motorcycle, which I, I certainly am, but it just creates yet another layer to potential hazards out here. Yeah, it's really important to have that understanding of how drivers are, what types of drivers are at certain times, so you can make that informed decision of when to put yourself out in that situation, which it's good to be aware of that and keep yourself safe because you're the only one that can keep yourself safe. You can't really control other drivers. Let's switch gears a little bit and go into your first time driving experience. How would you describe your first time driving experience? It's just so fascinating when you're, you know, you're in a vehicle, you're a passenger for so long, you're in your mid-teens and you're trying to figure out the vehicle, but it's just so fascinating how quickly we can figure out how to maneuver these things. But I'll never forget when I went to get my driver's license, I was actually very sick that day. I, 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 with my permit, I didn't pass it the first time because I made a couple of like silly mistakes. Like one of the questions I'll never forget was how far away are you supposed to park from a fire hydrant? And I said 20 feet because I figured, well, they have to fit the fire truck in there. That was one of the questions I got wrong. So that was the reason why I failed that one. But then when I took my driver's test, I was so sick that day. And I said to myself, I don't even know how I'm going to to take this exam. The police officer that was sitting in the vehicle with me was so, he was so funny. And when I was going down a, a steep road, the light pretty much turned red and I still went through it. It, we were so into our conversation that we really weren't worried about the road. It was just more of, oh, those people are, they're, they're, they're not driving properly. Don't worry about them. And thankfully, even though with my pounding headache, I still got my license at that point. But I remember my parents were always so concerned about me driving to a point where they really didn't allow me to drive that much at all. I actually really didn't start driving. Well, I drove to school 
but I didn't start driving on a regular basis until I bought my was able to afford to buy my first vehicle in my mid-20s. Yeah, that's interesting that you had an actual police officer with you for your driver's test. I don't know. I don't think they do that anymore. I feel like it's like a designated person's job now. I think so. This is a long time ago. But it's interesting that you were in a conversation while you were taking your driver's test and that he wasn't paying attention because most driver's instructors are like, don't talk too much. And you're probably like, let me just keep this conversation going and just finish this test. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I got very lucky. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about the future of driving with the possibility of self-driving cars probably coming a thing in the future. What are your thoughts on this and yeah. is this something that you would get into? I'm all for anything. I truly believe that anything is possible in terms of driving. I mean, I believe that there are dozens and dozens of le- less and less accidents that I that I see. I mean, it, would, it was almost an unfortunate regular occurrence with teenagers getting into accidents. You would have the, the parked, de- demolished vehicle in front of the high school that was like a, a regular thing with real and relevant accidents that, were, that had just happened. I'm all for anything that is safety related. To be honest, I think that vehicles should just be made a lot better. And I think they can be made a lot better like they were back in the 50s and before. It would be truly nice if they were built to last. It's a shame that it's almost a miracle. Like I had a vehicle that was eventually given to me by my parents. They had given me their old Acura that was already 15 years old. But that car was really well made and it was just unheard of that that vehicle had 380,000 miles on it. And I wish the vehicles were made better, built to last. But in terms of safety, I think that there's, it's unfortunate there's a little bit of greed involved with the industries. It's really, it'll be interesting where Tesla goes. So I'm all for clean energy electric vehicles when possible, but we have to, I think as a whole, everyone has to be smart about it, like more charging stations, vehicles should just naturally be more gas efficient. This is one thing I don't really say that often. I'm actually not really a fan of leather interior. Like, why do we need leather interior? I, I just, I, with all the years of me dry, that is one thing I truly don't understand. I just, when it's a hot day, you get in the vehicle, it's like hot and sticky. I don't like it. Personally, I actually like cloth interior when possible, but that's just me. I agree with you. Yeah, Completely. we're the same way. We're like, why have this leather seat just to look nice when it's not comfortable to be in the car? That is one thing I can never figure out is why do all the high, why can't it be an option? Yeah, exactly. It's interesting that you're mentioning how they don't build the cars as they used to before. And I feel like with all technology related stuff, like computers, phones, they kind of build them to use them faster. So I don't know where the car industry is going to go with cars. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a reason. Yeah. All right. Bonus question time. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? I wish that part of driver's ed, that people were more aware of animals in the road and animal behavior based upon where they live and drive often, because it truly is so shocking when people like going back to the deer that people don't know that they run in packs, what to do if you accidentally hit one. Another thing too, is I wish that vehicles, like in, in case of an emergency, like seatbelts, there should be some, some sort of a training where if you're in a, a situation where the seatbelt has to be cut, the glass has to be broken. A lot of times people don't realize is when you break glass, you should actually, I read, I'm not, I also want to iterate that I'm not 100% on this, but I did read on the internet that if you try to break the glass in the corner, it's not as strong as if you try to break it in the middle of the window. But there should be more life-saving techniques and, and such that are learned as part of driver's ed. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel like driver's ed doesn't really teach you that much 
in terms like you get the basics of this is how you move the car but you don't get what to do in certain situations of like driving this weather or if you encounter an animal like what do you do like when do you stop do you keep driving i know my driver instructor at one point said it feels like a squirrel or something on the road just keep going don't stop like you don't want to cause an accident but in a deer or if it's like a moose or a bear like what do you do in those situations so yeah that'd be important i think a moose what i learned is you're not supposed to hit the moose it's, it's almost like hitting like a brick wall but what do you do yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> what do you do do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers yeah, just a friendly reminder, drive safely. It can wait. Be extremely careful of parking lots. It's really sad when I see cars driving fast through parking lots. I drive no more than 10 miles an hour through a parking lot. So always want to remind people to be extremely careful because kids will just jet out. People just have to be mindful of their surroundings. That is like the worst time to like check the phone and the pay, you know, whatever have you or look for something that fell on the floor it truly can wait yeah that's a good tip people drive through parking lots like they're in some sort of racetrack and it's like um that's not the time and place for that <laughs> well before we let you go where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you my personal instagram is vanessa p gordon my new personal website is vanessa p gordon.com and i'm also the ceo and publisher of east end taste or east end taste magazine.com awesome well thank you so much for joining us today it was really fun talking to you. Thank you. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Well, that was Vanessa, our last guest for season five. We hope you enjoyed hearing her driving stories. And again, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, there are new and exciting changes coming to the show for next season. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast to stay up to date on the next season. Thank you for tuning in this week. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thanks for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you all next season. Keep driving.